Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode 44 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is the good man, TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on, man? Uh, absolutely nothing. It's been the end of a long week. I don't know what this week has been, but it's been long, and it's just not the week before WrestleMania. So hopefully, you know, this next week is super short so that we can get to WrestleMania weekend because that's all I care about right now. If you thought the week leading into WrestleMania was short. Oh, no, I don't. I don't think I don't think I'm hoping because I know that I have a lot of crap going on this week. Like in my personal stuff, I have a lot of stuff going on this week. So I just want it all to happen. I don't want any drama. Don't want anything else to happen. Just want to walk so I don't have to do anything else. And then Mania. There's definitely a lot of things going on. Well, specifically, hopefully, things in your personal life go smoothly, as always, and for everybody watching and listening. But in terms of the wrestling sphere, hot diggity. I can't recall the tweet exactly, but Monday is Raw, then we have NXT, Dynamite. Then we have Impact's got a, a thing, Ring of Honor, SmackDown, Rampage, the, the Hall of Fame, NXT Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania Night 1, WrestleMania Night One, 2, The night Raw two. after Raw. Yep. after WrestleMania, Delete is Appropriate. Yep, saw that tweet too, yeah. Yep. It was uh, the, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on the Thursday as well. It was like, you know, it's was, it was got an awful lot of cool matches on it, and that like at the Thursday point, because I always see the Wednesday as sort of like the day that I'm like, there's nothing on here because, you know, NXT doesn't exist. Um, and I have that like little break in my week. And then the Thursday is when everything just kind of hits Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all day is going to be wrestling. Sunday, most of the day is going to be wrestling. Monday. I've got to wait until Tuesday because time zones suck and it's going to happen in America land. So I've got to wait until Tuesday for Raw. Yeah, it's this next uh, the five days of, of wrestling is going to be fun. There's a lot going on. So hopefully, like you said, your, your life is accommodating with what's going on in the wrestling sphere. And you mentioned little controversies. Man, this week's been an interesting week for things people are bringing up and just all the shenanigans of various little posts and then deleting posts and little videos and such. But Joker, I'll have you know that I myself turned down $20 million from WWE because I love our show. I appreciate you. There's going to be a conflict of interest, but I'll have you know I turned down their $20 million uh, offer from WWE to stay with the show. If that offer still stands, go and take that offer, PT. What the heck are you doing, my guy? I understand. It's okay. <laughs> um, not going to lie, that, uh, that $20 million. <laughs> that was a wee bit silly. Um, wee bit silly. Like the numbers are a wee bit skewed, my dear. But uh, if that's what you, if that's what helps you sleep, 
at night. Um, that that is uh, that is all you needed to tell me that that's just gonna make you help you uh, sleep at night. Hey, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster. Mm. Okay, whatever you think. <laughs> A lot of things going on, like we mentioned, folks sending out messaging, sending out nomenclature, just spreading things that to varying degree are valid and maybe not so valid. People just trying to keep themselves relevant around a time when wrestling is the most relevant thing in the world. Like, we just talked about the biggest weekend for sports entertainment and a lot of uh, indie shows around that time get their shine as well because everyone is in town for the big event of Mania and then you know not soon after this AEW has their own stuff like Ring of Honor has their stuff before that Impact just have theirs like you know this th these next couple of weeks are, are super big for the wrestling and you have people out here just trying to make themselves relevant for things that happened months ago and kindly don't care about anymore because you're just not relevant, bud. And then you just kind of want to make everybody talk about you. It's like, sorry, I'm not going to say your name. I'll have you know, I'll have you know that I am still relevant, sir and or madam sphere on Twitter and social media that I'm still around, I'm still important, and you should care about me. Insert wrestler name. So, it's all good. Folks are trying to keep up sure. with the Joneses and stick around. Around, like you said, the most important kind of weekend, or one of the biggest weekends of the year for the industry and pro wrestling. So, it is what it is. Lots of stuff going on, but for you, Joker, and for the fans watching and listening, hopefully your week goes smooth so you can enjoy the plethora and potentially oversaturation of wrestling that is this week. Oh, it's 100% just getting hooked into my veins and I'm just going to be done for wrestling for like about a month. Yeah, 100%. Fair enough. All right, as a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash Council and in audio form at where we get your podcast from. On this week's episode, we look at WWE Builds to Wrestle Media. And we have an announcement of some bonus content. To find out more, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Want to stay informed of all things Kayfabe Council? Please like the video, subscribe on YouTube, or follow us on Twitter or your favorite podcast platform. There, you'll be the first to know about new episodes, shorts, and other things we're working on. So, coming up first. The WWE builds toward WrestleMania. Obviously, with aforementioned in the intro, one of the biggest shows of the year, the weekend, the Super Bowl of sorts, and the championship match, insert highly championship match sports reference, if you will. But this is the big show. This is kind of what the sort of calendar year for wrestling, at least in WWE, builds towards. So. Obviously, we've transitioned to a two-night affair. Thank you, Wrestle Kingdom from New Japan for that. Appreciate you. Now we've got that going on. But yeah, so a lot of matches on the card, varying degrees of build and interest for those. So 
this show here is just to kind of look at the build and see if things are interesting and we want to see them. So, with that being said, first match we're going to talk about, announced on Friday Night Smackdown, Rey Mysterio versus his son, Dominic Mysterio. How did we get here? Dominic made his return to WWE on March 19th, 2019's episode of SmackDown Live. Dominic appeared on the show with his father, Rey Mysterio, who announced that he would be facing Samoa Joe for the WWE United States Championship at WrestleMania 35 on April 7th. Dominic would continue to appear alongside his father, culminating with his first match at SummerSlam on August 23rd, 2020, where he lost to Seth Rollins in a street fight. Flash forward to WrestleMania Backlash on May 16, 2021. Dominic and Ray would win the SmackDown Tag Team Championship from Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, marking Dominic's first championship in WWE and making him and Ray the first father and son tag team champions in WWE history. In the summer of 2022, the Mysterios began feuding with The Judgment Day over their attempts to recruit Dominic into the group and betray his father. Dominic accompanied Edge and Ray for their match against The Judgment Day at Clash of the Castle on September 3rd, which Edge and Ray won. After the match, Dominic viciously hit Edge with a low blow. While Ray was begging for him to stop, Dominic hit his father with a clothesline and turned heel for the first time in his career. Dominic would continue to be antagonistic toward his father, including interfering in Ray's matches and numerous incidents in the Mysterio's home during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Finally, after numerous attempts to goad Ray into a match at WrestleMania, Ray would accept Dominic's offer after Dominic verbally ran down his sister and mother. So this one has been simmering on the pot for quite a while. We look at Dominic's turn at Clash of the Excuse me, Clash at the Castle in September and has been simmering since. With the, with the match announced on this past week's episode of SmackDown, Joker, what do you think of the build? Is this something that you're interested in watching? Until last night, no, 100%. I did not care. And it's not because of any of that. It's because Ray was taking a page out of Thunder Rosa's book and just sandbagging the entire affair. Speculation. Let me add in. Speculation. Um, he sandbagged this. Ray was Ray was a detriment to this build. Ray legitimately was a detriment to this build. I get it. The man doesn't want to fight his kid. Like, fair enough. Maybe it was WWE's fault for trying to push it so often, but I like outside of the bloodline stuff, Dom Dom and the escapades of the uh of you know, the Judgment Day has been some of the hottest stuff because it's funny, it's engaging, and it has some entertainment to it. It's world wrestling entertainment. It's a WWE. There's sports entertainers. Dominic Mysterio is some of the best stuff on the show. Like, he is a 
a heel character who knows how to wind people up and sometimes he gets tripped over himself which is fantastic to watch it's like car crash tv and you know his matches maybe aren't always the best but you're, i'm not there to watch his matches i'm there to see how you know how rhea ripley's gonna save him again because that's what she does so this whole thing it was just to me personally i didn't think it was gonna happen but then last night happened. And I was just like, oh, okay. Hmm. You want to verbally run down the mom and sister, huh? Okay. 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 What's going to happen? And Ray comes along and clocks his son. There hasn't been a bigger pop since, you know, actually, well, I know it sounds really recent, but the pop for Sammy and KO hugging. Actually, I don't think was quite as big as the pop for when Ray smacked the taste out of Dom Dom's mouth. Because everybody wanted to see it. He's this upstart little POS who is bad mouthing his dad, who just, you know, will not leave him alone. His dad's a legend. It's all going, you know, his dad's way. Oh, you, you didn't pay me any attention. Way, 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 way. Self-entitled little brat. And then everybody is behind Ray. Like, just, just do it, buddy. Even LA Night last week is like, don't worry. I'll, you know, I'll beat him. I, I'll even be LA Mysterio and I can be a, a deadbeat dad too. <laughs> and it was just, it wouldn't have happened unless this specific segment happened. Because Ray was just doing so well at saying no. And then he had to threaten his wife, his mama. Yeah, it's a tough bag, man. Makes me think of the tweet Ray sent out for WWE uh, 13. Finally got the game and I'm going to defeat my beat son. My kids. Yeah, so. Uh, beat my kids. There you go. It was the nomenclature, but we come full circle. Took them almost 10 years, but we're there. I'm, I'm going to tend to agree. The, I, I wasn't feeling this match. I think because of the way they were building it up with Dominic ch constantly challenging his father. And then, like you said, Ray kind of downplaying her saying, I'll just, I'm not going to fight you. So I don't know. It just wasn't something I'm like, all right, well, kind of, we're not going to go with this match or whatever. So, okay. I kind of wrote it off until the, sort of culminating moment like we aforementioned on this past week's episode of SmackDown. So it's one of those where it was a long burn. We, we talked about the summer of 2022. This was when the Mysterios and Judgment Day were feuding. This was at a point I remember, I think, Rhea was out with an injury for a portion of the summer, and it was Finn Balor and Damian Priest. They, those two had a tag match with Ray and Dominic, I think like on main event. Which was like, wow, okay, this is kind of, we've fallen there. But then subsequently the turn, the heel turn at Clash of the Castle and Dominic kind of revitalized and just leaned into just having a, having a crack and just enjoying and, and this little prison dom thing. He's just kind of running with it and just having fun. So at the end of the day, I wrote it off. I wasn't interested. I think they made it a point to solidify it with 
the now he targeted his mom and called her a deadbeat mom and that was too much for Ray so now that was the piece we got the payoff of the big pop for Jiren for him hitting his son finally or whatever but now we have this match so the build was kind of lackluster for me we went all the way from September at Clash of the Castle all the way to Wrestlemania that's a long time to kind of figure this stuff out so and the and agreed the the downplaying of Ray kind of killed it for me, but be that as it may, we finally got the match, and I just think it'll be fun to watch and be interested in see how it plays out sort of with kind of Dominic maybe going over his dad to get a little bit of a rub ski, but either way, it should just be kind of fun, so see how these guys work together against one another. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't know, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe the mom should have given him a bit of a slap and then, you know, we we could have built anticipation for that as well, you know. Um, but uh honestly, I've I've loved since the fact that we've had Dominic portray Conan on TV unintentionally, and then him to admit that like, actually that's a good shot, you know, I didn't realize I was paying homage to to you know my godfather, like the the fact that uh you know th this is really really cool and then conan's the one inducting ray i think like this whole family thing is just super fun if we include it all at wrestlemania so we'll see you know conan whenever he's he's stood there with um with ray on the uh, on the stage because they usually do bring out hall of famer inductees um or family of, and uh, they'll line them all up, and we'll see them there. And you know, I wonder, I wonder just how much, uh, you know, how much they're going to make mention of the fact that Dominic's not there. And yeah, it's it's, it's going to be funny. Like honestly, it wasn't as interesting for me because I didn't think it was going to happen. Like I said, and now that it is, it's suddenly just sort of like. I'm in Dom Dom's corner because I love the kid. I think he is so funny and interesting and he is just to watch him grow and, and get this match with his dad, I think is super fun. Um, it's not going to like, it's not going to be a five-star classic. It's not anybody who's like, Oh, it's going to be super good. It's, it's, it's not, it's going to be, it's going to be a mid card kind of uh, match at best. Uh, if we're going by big old Dave Davey Meltzer's ratings, it'll probably get two and a half to three stars. Um, but I, the funny thing is, I don't know who's going to win it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Ray's the face, Dom's the heel, the young guy may, might go over. So it should be, I am agreeing, it'll be just kind of a fun match to watch. So we'll kind of see how it how it plays itself out. So. Hopefully you are invested in the build to see this father and son. Probably one of the first times we've seen, if I'm not mistaken, a father versus son match for quite a while, if not ever, in the WWE, but should be a fun one to watch regardless. All right, coming up to the next matchup here. Uh, the What's potentially billed as the main event for night one, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso, Versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Since late 2020, Kevin Owens has an off and on again feud with the Bloodline. 
at Survivor Series War Games in November 2022. Owens was on the opposing team in the War Games match against the Bloodline, which includes Owens' best friend, Sami Zayn, who joined the Bloodline as an honorary member in mid-2022. The Bloodline was victorious at Survivor Series thanks to Zayn betraying Owens. After Bloodline leader Roman Reigns defeated Owens at the 2023 Royal Rumble, Bloodline members The Usos and Solo Sokoa attacked Owens, while Zayn watched on in uncertainty. Reigns ordered Sammy to attack Owens with a steel chair, but Zayn turned on Reigns and attacked him instead. Sammy apologized to Jey Uso, who had become close with, only for Jimmy, Solo, and Roman to attack Sammy as an emotionally distraught Jay left the ring as the rest of the bloodline continued the assault. This led to a match between Reigns and Sammy at Elimination Chamber where Reigns won. But after the match, Owens prevented the bloodline, Sans Jay, from further attacking Sammy. On the following Raw, Sammy said that despite their rough history, he and Owens would work together to take down the bloodline. Owens said that he only assisted Zayn so that Sammy's family would not have to see him get destroyed like Owens did in front of his own family at the Royal Rumble, and he told Zayn he would continue fighting alone. Over the next weeks, Sammy tried to convince the Usos that Reigns was manipulating them. Jimmy maintained his loyalty to the family, while Jay's uncertainty continued until the March 6th episode of Raw, where he seemingly sided with Zayn, but then turned on him because Sammy was not family. Finally, the following week's Reigns WrestleMania opponent, Cody Rhodes, attempted to help resolve issues between Owens and Zayn, but Owens refused. However, later that night, Owens came to Sammy's aid and got ambushed by the Usos, and Owens and Zayn embraced. And on the March 20 episode of Raw, the Usos accepted Owens and Sammy's challenge for a match at WrestleMania 39 for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. So this is another one that's had quite the long build, obviously with the history of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn together and separately interwoven into this bloodline storyline that's been ongoing for the guts of two and a half years at this point. This one, which we'll discuss, is probably got a little bit deeper of a build-up here. Joker, is this something you are looking forward to seeing? Yes, 100%. Like The entire build has been a lot of fun, whereas we had... Ray and Dom be a lot of fun, but then it kind of petered off as Dom, as Ray was sort of sandbagging and not wanting to have the match. We had Kevin Owens do a similar situation where he was like, you know, the, the story progressed to a point where it became Sammy versus the Bloodline and Roman tasked the brothers Uso with, um, you know, with dealing with, with that problem. And this is how we got to the whole fact that it was the Usos versus Sami, and then KO, the the only man in WWE who remembers what happens on TV each week, then he was the one that was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, no, hard pass. I'm not going to do that because you betrayed me, etc, 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 cast, cast, cast. And then last week we had the, the, the hug heard all around the world as if everything was reconciled 
and um yeah the the match that we were wondering how it was going to happen because this this match has been rumored for months that this was always going to be happening at mania it was always going to be ko and sammy versus the usos and now two weeks beforehand it's confirmed you know we didn't think that we would get this far but we're we're there and this is honestly the rumors would be to be believed disappointing that it's not going to be the main event of night one um I'm a wee bit annoyed doesn't get pride of place because of the the build the storyline the people involved um but you know it's still going to be a good match regardless Agreed. A couple of good points there. I love Kevin's ability to stay with continuity and remember things and acknowledge things of all the pieces that happen, his history with Sammy, little things with Seth Rollins or Elias, all these different things. So kudos to that. Makes him stand out in a sea of folks that maybe we're not supposed to realize either watch the show or remember things. But kudos to Kevin for that. Honestly, yeah. This is one of the pieces that have been building, like we said, over the last couple of years with Kevin's on-again, off-again feud with the Bloodline Collective. But then also Sammy's play into it and their history, like we mentioned. So this is just a fun match. A lot of emotion, a lot of build-up, a lot of investment from folks. We'll see kind of how this goes, whether or not it'll actually be uh, the main event of a night one perhaps regardless of your different varying opinions this is just going to be a match that i'm very much invested in i want to see i'm just going to watch i don't i don't care what the sort of outcome is i just because it's the build has put in so much work that i definitely want to see this match and it's one of the marquee pieces that i'm just jones to see 100 the same like it's it's just one of those things that it's it's part of an ongoing story that's been going on for a long, long time. Mania is supposed to be the culmination of the wrestling year, the beginning of a new one. You know, you have your big build storylines pay off at Mania. This is going to be a match that it should be the main event for one reason and one reason only. Anything after it is not going to be good enough. So, sorry everybody after this match, if it's not main event. You ain't gonna get what you want. This this is just gonna fall on deaf ears on anything else. Sami, KO, Usos, they're gonna tear the house down. It's gonna be fun. And we're gonna have new undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. This is definitely a High energy match, all four guys can go. Has the potential to be a match of the night contender, but we'll see how everything plays out. Alright, the next match up here, we're going to look at Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders in a men's WrestleMania showcase matchup. It'll be a fatal four-way tag team matchup. How did we get here? Well... On the March 17 episode of SmackDown, it was announced that 
at WrestleMania 39, there would be two WrestleMania showcase matches, which would be a fatal four-way tag team match, one each for the men and the women. No qualifying matchups were held for the men's showcase as all four teams were announced on March 20. There you go. So. Now, give them their name. Give them their name as listed on the site we are looking at here, PT. I want to hear you say the name for Braun Strowman and Ricochet, please. All I have here. Their, their tag team name. Let me switch over here. Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Strokeshet Express. Right before their names. This is the single worst tag team name I've ever heard. I've heard Viking Experience. Like, what is this name? <laughs> There's, I, I, there was, there was a promo with. Uh, the Street Profits and Braun Strowman and Ricochet on SmackDown, and they were like, "You guys think you're a tag team?" And I'm like, "I mean, technically they are. They now have a tag team name. It's terrible, but it still now exists out in the world. And they've just kind of put Strowman and Ricochet into a car crash and seen what happens uh, to the names. I, I don't, I don't care." Like this, this is just one of those things to put to put tag teams onto the, and this is the problem we have with with lack of titles. With lack of titles to fight for, you now have to have a reason to put your teams and uh, your other stars onto the event. So we have to make a showcase. So now we have to just pick the four most used teams together and then get them to fight it out the build is non-existent the match has some really good people in there personally i'm looking really really forward to seeing ricochet montez chad gable on the ring montez ford showed that at elimination chamber he was a huge star so i can't wait to see him show up and show out Chad Gable had that banger of a match against Cody Rhodes the other week. And then we have Ricochet, who just... I just love Ricochet. I think he's just super, super fun to watch. And then you have everybody else who, while not slouches, just aren't sort of on my radar in terms of explosive amazingness. So, it's going to be a fun match. not going to be a great match. I don't even know what way to call it, because there's no stakes, but Probably the Street Profits. Fair point. There's no build. Hey, we're just gonna have. And this is what troubles me. This is good. This is a focused as a showcase match, which means that we're just putting, for this instance, four teams together that are not the Usos, and we don't have New Day. So these are, if I'm not mistaken, and no disrespect. Actually, probably the only other tag teams in the company sans for the Good Brothers and Legato and, you know, a couple of the others, Hit Row, a few of the others, but there's no stake. There's no, the winner gets a, gets a title shot. There's nothing here for them to fight for. It's just a showcase. So 
in isolation, it's going to be probably just another fun match to watch for the folks that you mentioned as well. And the other big beefy boys are going to slap some meat together, a la Big E. But yeah, I just, there's no build. There's nothing. Just, it is what it is. It's in no disrespect to any of these guys, but the build let the fans down on this one. I don't know if the, the build let, let the fans down. Like, I just don't think the fans are going to be let down by a match that was put together specifically for the event. I think WWE let the fans down in general by keeping all the belts on select few people, having no stakes then for these matches is what let them, is what let the match down more than, than the fans down, in my opinion. Yeah, just like I said, watch it in isolation, but kind of not much more other to this match going on. All right, the next matchup here is the next showcase matchup for the women. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus the fourth team, which is presumed to be Chelsea Green teaming up with Carmella, or if she's not ready, Piper Niven. And this is the another Fatal 4-Way tag team match for the showcase here. The aforementioned SmackDown on March 17, they announced two showcase matches. So, which began on that night on March 17, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez qualified by beating Tegan Knotts and Emma. And then the following week, Natalia and Shotzi qualified by beating Xylee and Lacey Evans. But after that same match, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler were added, bypassing any sort of qualifying match because Ronda Rousey. So, like aforementioned, kind of notes, wash, rinse, repeat. Not too much build. We're going to have a, a, a tag team matchup for the women here. Three teams announced. There really aren't a tag teams in the women's division. It's a couple of singles competitors teamed up. And we've seen a different iteration of the combination of, of the different female superstars. So... I don't know. It's one of those not too much build, and they gave a little bit extra with some qualifying matches. But what are your thoughts on this one, Joker? Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was honestly kind of it. Like I I must have fallen asleep whenever Liz and Liz Liv and Raquel qualified last week. And honestly, the Natalia Shotzi qualification, I was like, oh, okay, I can see that. And then, you know, Ronda and Shayna coming back. Like, well, I mean, okay, cool. What, why couldn't we just have had all four teams announced then? It seemed to me to be like, yes, obviously it's the because Ronda Rousey effect. Like, she gets put into whatever, but she still holds, she still has that arm in a, Sort of uh, splint, as it were, when she came down. I also like the fact that she couldn't point directly at the sign as if she was lost. Like the sign was directly in front of her as she stood, but she was pointed off to the side. And as the camera kind of came closer, she kind of slowly moved her arm. So I don't know if she's going to make it to Mania because she might end up in Nevada or something, like in the deserts of Nevada. Just slightly off with the GPS of her arm. 
yeah 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 i don't know what it is but i just feel like she might get lost because she couldn't quite find the wrestlemania sign i thought that was that was about the only fun and interesting thing about this build honestly um i'm all for sheena baszler uh you know being an absolute one man one woman wrecking crew sorry and just destroying the entire roster but this this also unfortunately reeks of poor title management and having the title on one person who doesn't deserve it in my personal opinion like just coming back and getting given the title it was a wee bit stupid uh and bianca who isn't here and has a match against asuka and she's already beaten everybody in the roster it, it's just poor management and again this this showcase match is eh, whatever you kind of plucked the idea out of my brain as well this just for as far as we know, doesn't have any stakes. It's not for a number one contendership at the tag titles, which we'll mention later in, in another match, but this is just to presumably get some folks on the card for the men's and the women's match to have a showcase as it's labeled and no stakes are there and have a chance to be on Mania, get a good payday for the good brothers and the good sisters. So, yeah. 100%. It, it just kind of, these last two matches just kind of seem pointless to me. So, yeah, things can improve, but we're down to the wire. But this is the decision we're going with, so hopefully they can just have a strong match and just have fun out there. So, Yep. Show up, show out, maybe get a better spot in the card as we uh, go forward into the new year. Absolutely. All right, on to the next matchup here. Edge versus Finn Balor. In a Hell in a Cell match. At WrestleMania 38, Edge won his match thanks to a distraction from Damian Priest. The two then formed a faction named The Judgment Day. For the next couple of months, Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor would also join the group. In June, however, Balor, Priest, and Ripley turned on Edge, kicking him out. In September, The Judgment Day recruited Dominic Mysterio. Edge continued his feud with the Judgment Day over the next few months, and he and his wife Beth Phoenix teamed up to defeat Balor and Ripley at Elimination Chamber in February 2023. On the following episode of Raw, Edge, who had felt his feud with the Judgment Day was over, lost his United States Championship match after interference from Balor. The following week on Raw, February 27, Finn said their feud was not done, and challenged Edge to a match at WrestleMania 39. On the March 6th episode of Raw, Edge interfered in Balor's match, causing him to lose, and Edge challenged Finn to meet him alone on the next episode. There, the two agreed to a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania 39, and Edge said he wanted to face Balor's demon persona. So this was one dating back all the way through June of last year, Edge being kicked out and continuing to feud after taking months at a time and weeks at a time off and periodically facing them at Extreme Rules, at Elimination Chamber, and now ultimately at WrestleMania. We're going to have a Hell in a Cell. Thank goodness it's not at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view where only Hell in a Cell matches can happen in a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. 
for Hell in a Cell. Elite is appropriate, but we can have it at a event for the purposes of the feud. Joker, are you looking forward to this match? Yes, but not because of the build. Because finally we will have a resolution. Um, I think Edge kind of said that it's going to be the devil versus the demon. I didn't know MJF was going to be in this match, but if that's the way it's going to be, then it's going to be Finn Balor's old body guy who tested the demon paint for him uh, versus the guy who now wears it full time. So um, it was, if you know, you know, that is that is the, the thing that we're going for there. Um, I love Edge. I love Finn Balor. You and I are both big Finn fans. Um, Fertile Prince, the Davit Man, you know, whatever you want to call him. <sighs> Been a while since we've seen the demon. I'm a big fan of the demon pomp and circumstance, the entrance, the actual indestructible nature of the uh of the character, not this sort of joke that falls off the top turnbuckle. Again, if you know, you know. It just to me, I'm hoping that this isn't just lip service and that we get this, this character coming back. Plus, I just really want to see how it's portrayed. Because Finn is, uh, Finn is as we know, he takes, a lot of, um, he takes a lot of inspiration from the events slash comic books slash uh, fictional bad guys who is he going to kind of dress the demon as my personal favorite was always the Jack, the Ripper, the, the Moria, the, you know, the, the Dr. Jekyll kind of thing with the top hat. And like, that was my personal favorite. Um, so that's going to be really, really cool. Then we've got the, the edge man himself who like who in recent years plays up to his acting chops and he 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 might try and get into a character himself. Whether we we sort of see uh, Brood Edge come back yet again, that'll be pretty fun. Um, but I'm 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 really excited. This is a Hell in a Cell match because it's the last time we have to deal with this yet again. I I I was thinking like Edge, the the feud is over. It's done. We're completely kaputsky with this. Why are we continuing this on? And it's because not, neither of these guys can go after a mid-card title like the IC or the US while the top title is engaged by one guy. On, you know, both titles are engaged by one guy. So, again, no real point to having this match, but it's going to be a good match all the same. Like you mentioned, I'm a big fan of some Edge, even bigger fan of Mr. Fergal Devitt, the prince himself, Finn Balor. This is going to be fun, too. We know Finn can go. You know, it's going to be fun to, and it's a nice change of pace to see the demon coming back. Always enjoyed the character you mentioned. Yeah, the nice Jack the Ripper kind of homage there with that. Like the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre ode when they were in that Dallas, Texas for one of the WrestleManias for... NXT takeovers, but yeah, it's always going to be fun to kind of see how they trot it out. And I joked about it a little bit in the intro to this match, but in the build, but the Hell in a Cell match, it's cool just to see where it makes sense to have a match kind of 
be in there for the purposes of like a build and a feud as opposed to it's October and because the name of the pay-per-view we should have that match so with no build or no nonsense so be that as it may yeah it's just gonna be a fun match I feel like how do we figure out how to maybe have another match and okay you know just let's have it at Wrestlemania and let's bring out the the fiend so excuse me, the uh, the demon versus the brood type of deal. So uh, no spoilers for what we're going to talk about later. But be that as it may, yeah, just be a solid match. Um, I have to ask Joker, are you excited to see them continue their feud after WrestleMania? <laughs> no, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing a Seth Rollins Cody Rhodes, we're going to have this feud right up to the point at which somebody pops a peck and we have to get one of them off TV. Like, let's just... Why did you put that energy out into the world, PT? Now that's going to happen. I'm going to point to you and be like, this is all your fault. I mean, we've already had it enough. I just... No. I want this to be the the final nail in the coffin of... um, of Edge on his feud with the Judgment Day. Uh, I think Finn should win, personally. Big stage. Uh, the passing of Edge to Finn on this big stage. It would do more for uh, for Finn and everybody involved with him to get this victory. And then Edge can just be like, look, yes, I lost, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I would, I would then like to see um, Mr. Baller get built up to be, uh, to be a credible threat for, um, for titles. You alluded to it here. This is WrestleMania being a good pivot point. Where we go and what we do after here can help. Like we said, it's sometimes known as a end of the year piece for WrestleMania, sort of a refresh. We start the calendar year of wrestling, kind of again, things as such. So. We'll see after this match is finished where these guys go. And maybe that's some title shots. Maybe that's a build, obviously a feud with somebody else. Or Lord knows if they're going to continue to feud going forward. But I'm Jones to see this match. And likewise, you are too, Joker. Mm-hmm. Next matchup here. Tristratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control. They lead Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Trio's match, six-woman tag. At SummerSlam July 2022, Bailey made her return from injury alongside Dakota Kai and Io Sky after Becky Lynch's match. Lynch would take time off due to an attack from Bailey, Kai, and Sky, and the three dubbed themselves as Damage Control. Lynch made her return in November and led her team in defeating Damage Control's team in a War Games match at Survivor Series. For the next few weeks, Damage Control continued targeting Lynch, and on February 6, 2023 episode of Raw, during a steel cage match between Lynch and Bailey, WWE Hall of Famer Lita returned and prevented Kai and Sky from interfering in the match, allowing Lynch to defeat Bailey. Becky and Lita then defeated Kai and Sky on the February 27 episode of Raw to win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Thanks to returning fellow Hall of Famer Trish Stratus, who prevented Bailey from interfering. 
Finally here, March 6th episode of Raw saw Stratus, who had retired at SummerSlam 2019, stating that she was coming out of retirement so that she, Lynch, and Lita would challenge Damage Control to a six-woman tag team match at WrestleMania, to which Damage Control accepted. So once again, this one dates back all the way to SummerSlam of last year with the return of Bailey and the inclusion of Dakota Kai and Io Sky into their faction of Damage Control. Off and on feud with Becky Lynch, sprinkled in with some matches against the Bianca Belair, but we've seen the inclusion of Lita and Tristratus into this. Lita and Becky holding the tag team championships on the women's side here is included in a six-woman tag team match. So. Rather than defending the titles, they are in here for argumentative sake, for better or worse. It might seem for more important for the champions to be in a six-woman tag rather than defend the titles. It's here nor there, but Joker, are you interested in seeing this match? No. I'm interested in what happens afterwards, but not, not this match in particular, no. Um... I didn't think the build was particularly good. I thought that the build has been pretty meh the entire the entire time. Um there was there was a little a few there was a few weeks ago now where Bailey made mention of uh Becky's husband Seth in a promo. And it there would have been more intrigue had that gone anywhere for the two ladies to have a one-on-one blow-off um kind of match if they had have played that up but we had Lita and Becky beat Kai and Sky Dakota Kai Io Sky for the tag titles now Dakota Kai and Io Sky are already two-time women's champions because they don't know what to do with the tag tag titles for the women. They keep giving them to somebody else. I think it was um, I think it was Asuka and uh, Alexa Bliss. And, uh, Alexa Bliss that took them off them for like four days. Yeah, a week. Um, so that was pointless. Um, if the tag titles were up for grabs here, I would have said that, you know, that Lynch and Lita would lose because it would just make more sense. Um, I, I'm not jonesed about this match. I think it would have served better as a one-on-one with Becky Lynch and Bailey. Uh, and you know what? Probably would have served better as a title match with one of them being the SmackDown Women's Champion. Um and then having Bianca versus Rhea Ripley. I think those matches, like saying those matches out loud would have got me, you know, would have got me hyped for them a lot better than this six woman tag match and a couple of lackluster women's titles match. This is another one that dates back to last year. Sort of the beginning slash first quarter of the WrestleMania calendar year. So this one dates back to July of SummerSlam, where they first introduced, and you know, Pop H is trying to do some longer-term storyline, and 
We talked about it as well that WrestleMania is sort of the end of the calendar year and we pivot after. So this is a little bit different than sort of the hot shotting and kind of the different builds that we've seen before. But you mentioned again that Lita and Becky having the tag team championship. It's not being defended. It's within a six-woman tag. So it's one of those where I might have tended to agree that if this was maybe two two different separate matches where Bailey faced one of the women in the match on the opposing side, whether that's a Becky, whether that's a Trish, whether that's a Lita, and then the other two fought Sky and Kai maybe for the championship, make it seem important, build it up, defend the titles at your big show type of thing. So again, it's it's a it's a notion of the titles are not being defended. The other aforementioned women's match, that tag team match, they don't have stakes. It's not like they're fighting for a title shot, at least mentioned at the time of recording. So maybe it could be handled a little bit different, but I don't know. I felt like this one has been dragging slightly like some of the other build, maybe like we mentioned, like the Ray and Dominic build might have gone on a little potentially too long to the finish line of Mania, a little bit of that edge and fin. Taking nothing away from these athletes, I do like and enjoy the work of the ladies here in this match, but the build gave me a little bit more to kind of let me down on this one. Hmm. I would I would kind of agree with that, yeah. All right, but should be fun to just see these ladies work, and hopefully we can see some more coming out of this match. Oh, there'll be big spots. It'll be a really, really good match. Just... Yeah, not interested to to see what happens at you know, interested what happens afterwards with these six cities rather than what happens at Mania for them. All right, fair enough. Next matchup here, Gunther takes on Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship on March third episode of SmackDown Fatal Five Way. Match between Drew McIntyre, L.A. Knight, yeah, Jameis, Kofi Kingston, and Karrion Cross was announced for the following week, where the winner would face Gunther for an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania. The next week, on March 9, it was announced that due to an injury, Kofi Kingston of the New Day, his tag team partner Xavier Woods would replace him in said match. A double pin occurred during the match in question with McIntyre and Sheamus named co-winners. It was then announced that those two men would face each other the following week to determine a definitive number one contender. However, that match ended in a no contest after Imperium's Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci attacked both men. WWE official Adam Pearce then decided that Gunther would defend the championship against both McIntyre and Sheamus in a triple threat match at WrestleMania 39. Here we are. So, this is another one that we kind of stumbled a little bit in figuring out how we got there, but the end result, the finish line, that we're going to have Gunther, Drew, and Shamo just beating seven shades out of each other here. The build was a little muddy, but I'm okay with the end result. What about you, Joker? I, I would agree with that. I'm okay with the end result. Not a fan of how we got here. It was a wee bit convoluted. Um, 
the one thing that I think that was really good was the Fatal Five way with uh, the fact that we got to see Xavier Woods out there uh, taking over, unfortunately, for Co- uh, Kofi Kingston. Um, it was great to see that man get get some singles, uh, some singles run, put on a fantastic show. Um, but the end result was always going to be Shemo and uh, Big Drew uh, versus Gunther. So... I don't know. We 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 probably could have just gotten there by going. I want a match, okay. I also want a match, okay. And then you know that build would have been better. <laughs> like, I I I particularly like the fact that um, Imperium just kind of got into the ring. I I love the fact that Gunther got in the ring. He was egging them on, like, who's going to be? Who's going to be? Who's going to be? And then, you know, uh, Giovanni and Ludwig just kind of. Uh, blindsided the boys, and we got into this whole. I'm making it official. I love Adam Pierce's shtick of making things official. Um, so yeah, it, it's just gonna be Seamus and Drew beating Gunther up for a couple of minutes. Gunther lies at the other side of the ring, and then Seamus and Drew will spend the next five minutes beating each other up. Then it'll be a hot tag, and for. Seamus uh, will fight Gunther and then Drew will fight Gunther and then all boys will just, you know, they'll hear the clacks and it'll go off and, you know, it's going to be a really heavy hitting match and a good fun match. Not too dissimilar, I think, personally, from the uh, match Seamus and Gunther had at Clash the Castle, um, which was a banger, uh, if you're to believe the uh, the Celt. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I don't know. I hmm, part of me really wants Gunther to lose, but not get pinned. I really want Sheamus to pin Drew for the title to win the title, and for Gunther to be uh to be so annoyed, and then to do whatever they need to do after that. But it'll also mean that Gunther goes on to bigger and better things as well. So I'm excited. I'm probably again more excited for what happens at the end slash after for these three guys. Uh but like you said the build was muddy. Got there in the end. Yeah a lot going on with that. Makes sense as Gunther being the heel, a little bit out of character to just go in the ring and kind of goat both men. Who's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? And ultimately, as a heel for his teammates to attack them. But the other notion of Adam Pierce, given it sucks, we've seen the authority figure played into the ground. He's taken a bit of backseat. So I like this little different presentation. He's like, You wanted a challenger, but you got involved and you made this happen. So it's going to be both of these guys facing you. So agreed. Like we mentioned before, a little bit of muddied the path to get there but the destination is solid so i'm in agreeance excited to see this match it's gonna be hard hitting lots of chops lots of just stiff looking shots and i am here for it oh yes i cannot wait to see pictures of these guys afterwards because if you if you saw pictures of seamus and gunther after clash the castle it was just raw red chests, and these three men love their chops. So 
it's just gonna be if Eddie Kingston was in there as well, this would be the, the who had the best chops, you know, in terms of today's professional wrestling. Um it just would have been chop fiesta. So so fun. Um so yeah, I can't wait, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, potential of a match of the night contender for this one as well. Mm-hmm. Next matchup here, Brock Lesnar will take on Omas with MVP. On February 20th episode of Raw, Omas and his manager MVP address the match between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley from Elimination Chamber. MVP called Lesnar a coward and claimed that Lesnar intentionally disqualified himself because Lesnar knew he could not break Lashley's hurt lock submission. MVP then invited Lesnar to Raw the following week to accept Omas's challenge. For a match at WrestleMania 39, that episode, after MVP sold him on the match, Lesnar accepted. This one, simple build, Omos made the challenge, MVP talked Lesnar into accepting. Another shade of Big E, two big beefy boys slapping meat. This one's just going to be an interesting one. Obviously, we don't see oftentimes Lesnar, who is a huge man, being a dwarfed in terms of size as his opponent, but we'll see how this one goes. Brock being the more veteran of the two, kind of carrying Omos, so should be in isolation, should be an intriguing match to watch. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um... Yeah, you don't often see, like you said, uh, Brock being dwarfed, but Almost dwarfs absolutely everybody these days. Um, not not sure where this would go on a card for me. And I have shades of a Goldberg-esque level of time attributed to this match. Like, only a couple of minutes. Um... I don't think we're going to see anything new here, but we're going to see something fun. So it, it it'll be fun. It's all like the only thing that I really want from this match is I want Brock to come down to the ring in a tractor because <laughs> nothing has beat that entrance for me since what was it SummerSlam last year or whatever it was. Like just him with the tractor with the forks the front lifting up that ring with Roman and stuff. I just, I just need Brock to go cowboy Brock one last time. Come down to the ring at WrestleMania in a tractor, please. That's all I want for this. Two things came to mind listening to your response. The mania ramps are long, brother. So that's I don't know about all that, but I too want to see cowboy Brock play up that cowboy Brock persona. So let him just have the crack. Let him just kind of do some bollocks. Just have fun with it. And the other piece of, man, potentially just seeing him pick up Omas like for a suplex, for, you know, for German, but really get him up in that fireman's carry for maybe they don't hit the F5, but just to see him, because Omas doesn't get off his feet, just to see him lifted up and kind of slightly overpowered should be super interesting. But I'm in agreement this thing is not going to go overtly long, definitely less than 10 minutes, probably around eight, uh, a five to eight. Because with some staring and kind of just some, oh, I can't believe you just did that type of type of pacing. But I can see this going on 
sort of in a death spot piece right after kind of a, a high energy match type of thing to just kind of help quell the crowd so we can pace it out a little bit. But yeah, don't see it going long and just going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I know that you mentioned that. It'll probably go on on before the Edge versus Finn Balor or before the triple threat match for the IC title. Something like that seems to be like it might be uh, the best spot for it. But uh, that's just a couple minutes of good fun. Absolutely agreed. So, Cowboy Brock, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next matchup here. Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Do the Women's Royal Rumble match winner Rhea Ripley choosing to fight for the Women's SmackDown Championship. An Elimination Chamber match was scheduled for the Eponius event to determine Belair's challenger for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 39. Asuka won said match by defeating Carmella, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Nikki Cross, and Raquel so this was the other side of the women's championship match oscar won the chamber always fun and we've seen sort of a slow filler kind of gap in between her winning the championship now knowing she would face bianca to kind of weird stuff with kind of taking the title, kind of having fun against Bianca. They had a random tag team match. Your standard fare leading into WrestleMania, the opponents team up, as I think mentioned by uh, a commentator and or pundits as well. But I think sans the buildup, I always like to watch me some Asuka because she's fun, high intensity, can have some fun during a match. And Bianca's super athletic, so... Even though we've seen this matchup numerous times throughout the summer and fall of 2022, we gave some space and it's going to be a fun match regardless because these two women can go. Yeah, we've seen this match um, plenty of times. We'll see it again. It'll happen again after this. Um, but you can't exactly say it's it's going to be boring. Um, these two competitors are going to uh, be absolute standout the reason she is called est is because she is you know the roughest the toughest the the strongest the best uh she is a really really good champion but does she win at minia she she is the second coming of john cena so I would say probably, but I just I just don't know if I I don't know what to do with the Raw Women's Title PT, and I'm glad that I'm not in that position because as far as I'm aware, Bianca is or was previous the last wee while competing in um competing in uh, competitions for physique and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, absolutely fair play to her because even even by the standards of athlete for, um, for wrestlers and sports entertainers, she has one of the best physiques in the game. She looks fantastic. And I saw uh, tweets of her for her competition prep and stuff, and she was looking absolutely amazing at that. 
to do that and then to come to mania like she's obviously having to do an awful lot of changing in technique and, and training and stuff and then she's gonna just come in and and, and beat Asuka. where does she go after that she's still in the same problem of she's beaten everybody like who does she take on at that point so i kind of want Asuka to win this just for the sake of fresh matches or fresher matches really um and to bring the raw women's title back onto tv for a bit as opposed to just having bianca Belair promos with her showing us the belt uh so yeah it's gonna be a really really good match i'm just not 100 percent sure who i want to win this i don't think i'll be disappointed either way because like i said Bianca's fantastic. I'm not her biggest fan right now because I'm just sick of the mishandling of titles right now in WWE. Um, love me some Asuka. She has been sorely let down the last couple of times that she's been anywhere near a championship. So, yeah, this will be this will be one that uh, also has a really rough time for me to figure out where it's going on the card and on which day. Yeah, Bianca has a background in track and field. And as you previously mentioned last year, she did some competitions for sort of bodybuilding, bodybuilding and physique and things as such. But again, to her to have the discipline for all those things, as well as just be the women's champion, to be crazy strong and athletic is a, is a rare feat to have the combination of the two. I'm in sort of an agreement. Bianca is fantastic. She's a great role model. She's, you know, she can go in the ring. You know, she's a great representation for the company. Asuka is also just really, really amazing and, and character work. And the fact that she can have fun promos without speaking English really too is just fantastic and speaks to her as a performer. So I think it's more so like you said about the handling of the championships that if Bianca retains, then sort of who else, you know, there would be sort of the next person. And that's not a disrespect to any of the other female superstars. It's just sort of how we handle the booking of it. But yeah, I I'd be open to Asuka taking the championship just so like you said mentioned we can have a different spin and have just a little bit different matchups and kind of fresher thing. Really just goes on the booking and kind of how Triple H wants to handle this, but I'm not mad at whatever the outcome is and this is going to be a fun match like we mentioned. 100%. Next matchup here. Austin Theory versus John Cena for the United States Championship. Since April 2022, Austin Theory and John Cena have been teasing a match against each other over social media. The two briefly came face-to-face during Cena's 20-year anniversary celebration on June 27, 2022, episode of Raw where Theory mocked Cena and called him out of touch. In February 2023, during the Elimination Chamber post-event press conference after Theory had retained the United States Championship at the event, 
Theory was annoyed that everyone was asking about Cena instead of his own accomplishments. After it was announced that Cena would be making his return on the March 6th episode of Raw, Theory stated that he would be giving him a warm welcome back. Theory confronted Cena on said episode and claimed that John was an inspiration to him, and then challenged Cena to face him at WrestleMania 39 for the United States Championship. However, Cena declined as he felt Theory was not ready. After some coaxing from Theory, Cena allowed his hometown of Boston to decide. They cheered to see the match, which prompted Cena to accept the challenge. March 24 was confirmed that this match would open night one of WrestleMania. Interesting build. Like this one goes back again, shades of last year and into here where we're cementing it. So interesting that see some similarities and folks have mentioned they see a little bit of John Cena and Austin Theory. Obviously, guys got a great physique. Can we see a little bit of early John Cena with the just really good body guy? Is improving on the mic, is improving in the ring. And that's not to say that he was bad before, but he's trying to put it all together. He's feeling a little bit more comfortable now that he's sort of out of the selfie character and the, the himbo character that he sort of had before. But. John Cena, always kind of going to be a marquee matchup on a WrestleMania. How do you see this one? Are you interested? And how do you see this one playing out? I'm interested in this. I like Austin Theory. I said a while ago, uh, you know, I've said it several times, we need to get Austin Theory away from the selfie character. Uh, and once we do, we're going to have a really good heel on our hands. He showed me the chops that I was like, I was impressed with uh, his ability and his skill on the microphone. I thought he was pretty good. And honestly, this build just reminds me of when John Cena sort of kind of, uh, you know, goaded The Rock into uh, accepting his his challenges as well. Like, it's just one of those things. It's not unique to the way a returning star um, is is brought on to one of these uh, one of these big events, especially whenever you think of the US title, you think of John Cena because it is it was his first major title. Say major. It was his first title in the company and he made it synonymous with him and his open challenge and all this here. So everybody loves John Cena. Um now that he is infrequent. Uh he will be the first one to say, you know, nobody loved him whenever he was there. Everybody was just always booing the man. Um, but it's safe to say that that Austin uh, Theory versus John Cena will be a fun match, and it will get John Cena back in time, back home in time for his for his nap, because he's old. With this one starting off night one of WrestleMania, intriguing marketing ploy to let them know you want to tune in early on night one because this is going to be the John Cena match that you want to see if mm -hmm. you're excited to see him. Get the folks in there. Don't let them trickle in. They need to be there for match one in the arena, the stadium, and for you watching at home on the pay-per-views. So, Yeah, it's a, it's a definite get-in-your-seats kind of mentality. I definitely see that, yeah. Yeah, so from a marketing ploy, I can make sense. And this is another one of a 
more of a veteran presence facing off against a younger guy. We you know, we never talked about the the Ray and Dominic thing to an extent, the the Lesnar and Omas. Now we're seeing it with Austin and uh, John here, where the the more veteran talent can help elevate the the younger guy and give him a bit of a rub ski. So I'm not mad at it. It was an interesting build, and you know, like they said, I John John's you know gonna hit his five moves of doom and see. Austin Theory obviously has a has a great physique and is surprisingly athletic in case you're not familiar with his work. But yeah, this should just be another fun one. And I mean, it kind of makes sense of who's kind of going to go over. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how everything plays out. <sighs> John Cena ain't, ain't taking that title off Austin Theory. We know who's winning this match. It, it would be silly to think it was going to go any other way. Um, it's nice to see that, that John will be doing doing uh, the old staring up at the lights gig. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a, like you said, a really really good marketing ploy. It's going to be a good match for what it's built to be. It's a John Cena match. It's going to have the five moves of Doom. It's going to have uh, Austin Theory probably copying the five moves of Doom uh, to raucous booze. Um, for the rally for John Cena to to do them yet again, uh, and then they go home with Austin Theory winning. Like you know, simple as simple formula, simple match. Uh, big pops. Um, big pops of booze and and cheers for everybody to get started for the day. Should be a fun one just to watch. So for sure. Next matchup here, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. At 2023 Royal Rumble, Logan Paul, who had been out with an injury since Crown Jewel in November 2022, made a surprise return as an entrance in the Men's Royal Rumble match and eliminated Seth Rollins. Following this, Rollins began badmouthing Paul in interviews, stating that he did not want Paul to be in WWE. At Elimination Chamber during the titular match, Paul snuck into the chamber and attacked Rollins, costing him the United States Championship. Paul accepted Rollins' invitation to appear on the March 6th episode of Raw, where Seth wanted to fight only for Paul to decline and state that he would not fight for free, and hinted that they could fight at WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania host The Miz then claimed that he could make that match official, and it was later confirmed. On his impulsive podcast, Paul stated that the match would be happening on night one of WrestleMania. The very divisive individual there, Logan Paul, I could go, we and many folks could go on for days about his lightning bolt personality, but like be that as it may, I'm not hugely familiar with his stuff. You know, not the hugest fan of the guy because of, of things as well, but super athletic individual. He's he's a he's playing up his heel character that seems to make sense and he feels a little bit more comfortable with. Seth Rollins is a beast. Everyone knows about his track record, so this could be potentially another candidate for a match of the night uh here, just as we mentioned on night one. So Joker, your thoughts. I was going to ask you there, like, uh, what's not to love about Logan Paul's shining personality? Uh, yeah, I really don't care for this build. Um, 
I wasn't paying attention to the um, to the interviews, the tweeting war that they had. Um, I don't listen to the impulsive podcast. So, you know, big shocker. Sorry, I am not a Logan Paul uh, fanatic. Um, this match will be fun. Like you, like you said, Seth is a beast, can go in the ring for days. We've seen the athleticism from Logan Paul with uh, him and Ricochet recently uh, at the Rumble, just meeting in midair, spot that's been done before by several other wrestlers, but you know, most recently in the Fed has been done by Logan Paul and Ricochet. So good to see that um, this, this man does have the athletic chops and he does have psychology outside of the ring to rile up a crowd. Like, he knows how to push people's buttons. He is the outsider. He knows he's the outsider. He's not... To compare him to another outsider, uh, Ronda Rousey, it doesn't seem like he cares as much to be uh, booed by the crowds, whereas it kind of it it didn't it didn't sit well with Ronda that she was being uh, booed as the champion and all this here. Uh, but Logan, he he knows he knows what it's like, uh, what to do, uh, his job, and it, he's built this well with with Seth. Not interested in it, but I'll watch it because it's on, and it's there. That's that's all about. That's all I've got for it, honestly. Yeah, fair points. You made note of Ronda Rousey. Ronda, much like Logan, when he was when they were both brought in, positioned as baby faces. But there's the notion of being the outsider coming from outside, trying to hone in on the business that the fans and the workers love just maybe weren't accepted as much as the company would have liked. So they're playing a little bit more into their heel character of themselves and both seem to fit a little bit more comfortably, but aforementioned I'm a little disenfranchised. Uh, I'm passive about the build. Seth Rollins is, is, is hyper athletic. Logan Paul has shown he can be that the match is going to be fun. Whether I'm interested in the match or not, meh, I think it's more so just I'm not familiar in kind of the things that I'm familiar with of Mr. Logan Paul. I just I'm disenfranchised. But be that as it may, it's going to be a, a banger and, like I said, potential match of the night for night one. So interesting note there of the WWE, the Fed, as well as folks announcing certain things are going to be on a certain night to kind of get you invested, though. So if you want to buy a ticket or order the pay-per-view or watch on a specific night, hey, this thing's going to be there if you're interested. Yep. All right, the next matchup here. Ms. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. At the 2023 Royal Rumble, Raw's Rhea Ripley, lots of R's there, won the Women's Royal Rumble to earn a women's championship match of her choice at WrestleMania 39. Following episode of Raw, she chose to challenge Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship, setting up a WrestleMania rematch between the two from WrestleMania 36 in 2020, where Flair had won that year's Rumble and had chosen to defeat 
chosen and defeated Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. Of note, this subsequently marks the first women's WrestleMania rematch to happen at a WrestleMania. So this one, Charlotte always being a standout. This is now multiple times that Charlotte has walked into Mania as the SmackDown Women's Champion, amongst other being a champion regardless. But the it was nice and simple build. Rhea won the Rumble. Wants to face Charlotte again. Now going over to SmackDown to avenge that loss from 2020, like we mentioned. So two very strong, hyper-athletic women should be an interesting matchup to watch. Joker, what are your thoughts? This is going to be an awfully long match for Rhea Ripley to win it. Like, legitimately, I, I... I don't know how to feel about this match because I only care about Rhea Ripley and her involvement in it. I don't care for Charlotte Flair. Her tenure as champion for these last few months has been weak. It is completely pointless. When she came back and took the title, I laughed because I was like, are you serious? It's like, I know a lot of people who are going to hate this decision. I was like, is she going to hold that mania? And then lo and behold, Rhea wins. And, you know, she, she decides she wants a challenge for Charlotte's title. And I'm like, okay. And then Charlotte did this weird promo on last night's SmackDown where she said, you know, it wasn't nepotism that got her to where she is. And I wonder if eye-rolling makes a loud enough sound for people to hear because I don't think she understands what nepotism is. Because if she did, she would understand that Nepotism got her exactly where she is. It's people who will influence her family and friends. Because she is a family member of the guy who's making the booking decision, like she is the daughter of you know one of his busy mates, Mr. Ric Flair, she got to where she is. There's no point in saying that she, you know, she is a fantastic athlete because she is. Like 100% she's a fantastic athlete, but I don't think you can sit, stand there on your two feet and say, nepotism didn't get me to where I am. Like, no, Charlotte, it got you exactly where you are. It was a terrible promo and just further solidified the fact that everybody just wanted to kind of scratch their heads and go, is she really the champion right now? I don't understand what's going on. So, this will be 15 minutes, maybe, and I'll be counting down until that one, two, three for Rhea and her to get her, her victory over Charlotte at Mania, and then for Charlotte to be inexplicably injured and come back at, uh, let's say, Survivor 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 Series and um, 
take the Raw Women's title from, let's say, Io Sky. Let's just let's just put it on her so that Charlotte Flair can take it off her. Interesting. Not the hugest Charlotte Flair fan myself, but you brought up the notion of the nepotism thing. Her Charlotte bring with promos. To be fair, she feels probably or seems to feel a little bit more comfortable as a heel, and mm. this this sort of run with the title. It's one of those where I think she's meant to be a baby face, but like mm-hmm. she kind of cuts these like heelish things and then tries to smile and smirk type of thing. So you get that little bit of like Randy Orton. I'm the same exact character. I, I carry myself exactly the same or that Triple H thing. It just depends on who I'm fighting that determines mm-hmm. whether I'm a heeler face. Yeah. I'll say I'll say this very briefly again. Like I said, I'm not the hugest uh, Charlotte Flair fan, but the idea of nepotism. Like, in isolation, the being a family member of a thing can help you get in the door. 100% agreed to that point. Uh, by that proxy, David Flair, uh, Rick's son, should have been the greatest multiple-time world champion as well, if you're using the same exact logic. So, taking nothing again from Charlotte, having being the daughter of Rick... Absolutely, probably helped her, you know, get there and kind of get a job and things as such. I wouldn't say potentially otherwise. It's all speculation, of course, but she puts in work. You know, she's one of the more exciting and one of the just the, the women's wrestlers that can go. That is why I said she was a good athlete. Yeah. That is 100% why I said she was a good athlete. Yeah. But nepotism 100% played a, po- uh, a point apart to what you where she is right now no one can come back after eight months of being injured and then get a title like bruh. i'll continue and finish my point here by saying that i think the nature of her being a charlotte Fla- uh, charlotte flair being rick's daughter as a marketing thing to have her, she mentioned she's 14-time champion to help play up that angle with that, I think also plays into it. So the combination of her just being being super marketable, being a strong wrestler in the ring, having that piece can help play into the factor. So little column A, little column B, maybe it's not one slice of all of the cake from one piece, but I'm not disagreeing with you. And I'm weirdly defending... Charlotte, who, you know, like I said, not the hugest fan of, but there's there's elements in play by that by that piece. You know, David, David should be the greatest wrestler, you know, uh, Rick Sun. Oh, I don't disagree. And I'll just add this in. And this is the whole reason why I dislike this thing. The whole reason I dislike this and it's it's gotten me because like I'm not a huge Charlotte Flair fan, nor do I really care. But the fact that she mentioned this at around the time rumors are flying that due to backstage politics, heavy air quotes here, these wee rabbit ears, heavy air quotes, backstage politics means that Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley will end night one. That is the current situation. That's the main event for night one. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Due to backstage, like that's that's the one comment. Due to backstage politics. 
the current plan is and then now whether or not that's the finalized plan we are yet to see we can only see that by by whenever uh the finalized notes are all out but for her to mention that in a promo she could have just ignored it and i wouldn't have cared pt but for her to spit that one word and then go on and say like i did this all on my own no you lie do not lie i'm not stupid charlotte i know you're fantastic but you did not get there just because you're good plenty of other people are really really good and got to where they are despite being hated by management charlotte being a true heel bringing up that lightning rod of a divisive comment and word as well but yeah it's one of those where she's playing it up and then smiled right after into the camera into the crowd but that notwithstanding we get back on topic and wind down here charlotte and Rhea just they're just gonna go at each other and yeah it should be should be just a hard-fought matchup mommy to win there you go all right and the final match we'll cover here today the main event, the one that you're looking for, number one in your program, number one in your hearts. Roman Reigns takes on Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. At WrestleMania 38, Cody Rhodes made a surprise return to WWE after having been away from the company for six years. During his time away, he established himself on the independent circuit and helped found WWE's rival promotion, All Elite Wrestling, in January 2019. At the same event, Roman Reigns became the undisputed WWE Universal Champion by retaining his Universal Championship and winning the WWE Championship. On the Raw after WrestleMania, Rhodes stated that he had returned to win the WWE Championship not only for himself, but also for his late father Dusty, who never won the title himself. In June, Rhodes suffered a pectoral injury, which sidelined him for several months. At the 2023 Royal Rumble, Rhodes returned and won the men's Royal Rumble match to earn a match against Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania 39. While Rhodes simply wanted to win the championship to bring honor to his family, Reigns, by way of his special counsel Paul Heyman, made it personal, with Heyman stating that Dusty's last words to him or that although Cody was his favorite son, Reigns, who Dusty trained, was the son he always wanted. On the March 3rd episode of SmackDown, Rhodes confronted Reigns face-to-face for the first time. Rhodes claimed that throughout his career, he had always overcome the odds and would do it again at WrestleMania. Reigns reinforced what Heyman had said and then told Rhodes that at WrestleMania, if there was anything that Dusty did not teach his own son, Reigns would. So the build, obviously, the prodigal son, quote unquote, returning. Been away for a little bit, triumphant return, winning the Rumble, facing the incomparable. And we have the old adage the immovable object of Roman Reigns, the charismatic force of Cody Rhodes coming to face the challenge of taking on and trying to defeat. The 900 plus day reign of Roman Reigns, Joker, being the world's biggest Cody Rhodes fan, 
love the notion of the beautiful man in the UK cheering for America, 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 Cody Rhodes. Brother, talk to me about this matchup. Oh yeah, I'm gonna gonna get myself the connect tattoo. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna get myself the whip belt. Uh like big Cody Rhodes fan, love Cody Rhodes. I think the story here um surrounding these two is, is a lot of fun. Um as far as builds go, this has been nice and condensed. It's been a couple of months, obviously, since the return of Cody uh, at the Rumble. Um, we were worried that this would get a wee bit too draining. Um, it's nice to see that there have been little pockets of mixing with other parts of the bloodline. And, you know, with the proud papa that is Cody getting the, the prodigal sons, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back together, still that, that image of Cody standing, uh, smiling at the TV screen as, as KO and Sami hug it out is just burned into my brain. It's, it's fantastic. Um, also, the fact that those two saw that exact scene on the Titantron and they were giggling about it while they were in the ring the next week. So, you know. I love Cody Rhodes. I love everything that he kind of um, he brings to the table. He brings that seriousness, but he also brings a, a jovial nature um, and somebody who has now got that experience. Um, it's just so good to see that we have somebody who is not just going after the title because I need to wrestle this from Roman's hand. I think this build would have been a little bit steel had we not introduced the reason, the raison d'etre for Cody for being in uh, the WWE. He stated that he was coming back to get the title. And then he went into the, uh, the, the feuds with Seth and then eventually the Peck Pop. Um, so it's good to see that came back and give us onus on to Cody for making it more personal, attacking what the bloodline is, making sure that there are other people to attack the reason why he might lose. Because let's not forget, he has gotten two guys together who are going to be able to put you know the usos on the shelf the usos are a big part of the bloodline and the defense against opponents he has now targeted solo who he has a match the week before wrestlemania he's going to take solo out and we're going to hear that solo is injured and can't attend or something so there's him out of the picture so there's less defenses for the tribal chief. And it, it just, he's building himself up to be the Roman Slayer. It's a lot of fun. Roman Reigns is doing a fantastic job, as per usual. When you see him on the screen, and it is few and far between, he does a really good job of reminding you why he is where he is and he is putting in his reasons for why he deserves time off. 
give this man a break because he has put in a lot of work for the last three years. He's carried this company. I don't think he needs to carry it for very much longer. Like we mentioned in previous episodes, we were concerned about how the build would be handled, if it would drag on, if it would be sort of fish-bosh or kind of wishy-washy, but they've done a good job of hitting on some mile markers, the promo with Heyman, then finally building towards the face-to-face with Roman, intersplicing with some of the other Bloodline-adjacent storylines, so felt like it's paced well. I had some of my reservations, but... This is another one where folks are interested. It's probably one of the more of a couple matches that were actually built and have deep kind of ties. And the WWE, the Fed, is actually concentrating on trying to put effort into making you want to see this match and advertise it as such. So fair play to them. This is going to be obviously the main event of looks like night two for sure. The last match is going to go on. So. I have to throw this question to you, my good sir. So, with this being just really the buildup of the buildup, it said, everyone's betting the farm, the house, the car payment, the what have you, that Cody is walking away with the with championship here. And you mentioned a little bit about Roman holding it down with the company. With everyone having Cody winning as a sure guarantee, if Roman walks away with the championship, what would you see as his next challenger to face him? Or if Cody wins the championship, who do you see as his next challenger? Roman has no challenger. Roman's only challengers exist as the bloodline itself. And for the bloodline itself, you do not need the titles. Um, we have we have mentioned uh, before about who uh, who would get the most benefit out of uh, beating Roman Reigns, and at this current point in time, Cody would gain so much more than he would lose should Roman beat him. Roman doesn't gain anything by beating Cody. Yeah, sure, okay. People could argue he could go to a thousand days. Cool. We are no longer in the time period where you would go weeks and months without huge uh, displays of physical prowess a la the wrestling. Okay? We have, but we have weekly shows. We have two weekly shows. We have, you know, a lot of wrestling. So there is a reason that champions are champion for a max of, on average, a year. Roman is an outlier. He's almost been champion for three years. 930-something-odd days, I think it is. And I, I would love to see him be a thousand-day champion. I think that would be fantastic for him. But the timing's not there. Do not force it. Because Roman does not gain enough by beating his only credible contender left. The only people who Roman can fight after this are people who have not been built to be credible contenders. Your Damien Priests, your Finn Balors, 
your Montez Fords, unless you want to spend the next 68 months building each of these people up to be credible contenders, and then having your Seth Rollins, your Bobby Lashleys, your Drew McIntyres, your Sheamus, your already pre-built main eventers, and Cody Rhodes, because he is the superstar attraction of WWE right now. In his own words, that's not mine. He likes being an attraction. Do not misconstrue. I am using his own words. You have the superstars and you have the attraction already built up. I would love to see Cody against Bobby Lashley, against Drew, against Sheamus, against Gunther. I don't care to see Roman against any of those guys because for the most part I've seen that match. So to answer your question, the entire roster is Cody's oyster. And for Roman, he gets time off anyway while we wait for Montez Ford to come and beat him. Or for Damian Priest. Or for Dominic Mysterio. So, I just feel like the upside for the company is better with Cody winning. With for the fans as well, the fact that we get a whole plethora of new matches. Because don't forget, Cody has faced Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins, Chad Gable, and I think that's it. And he's about to face Solo Sokoa. He has been back for almost a year. And he has fought three to four people. Ludwig Kaiser on SmackDown. Oh, sorry, Ludwig Kaiser. There's, there's, there's four people. No, wait, is that three people? That's three people. Seth Rollins, four times-ish. Chad Gable and Ludwig Kaiser. And he's going to fight Solo Sokoa. So there's four people in one year. Technically, Roman has fought more in that one year. But Cody was out for eight months. so. Take from that what you will. Upside's better with Cody. Let's just let's just pull the trigger. Let's just have something new. And um have the, the, the bloodline implosion doesn't require a title. Very interesting notions, very argumentative on the internet wrestling community and on social media. I can understand the argument for both sides, but it kind of makes sense just to do kind of what makes the most sense for the company going forward. Like I had mentioned, everyone's betting, betting the farm, the house, the car payment, all the things on Mr. Rody Codes, American roller coaster himself, to win the championship at WrestleMania. So we'll see how it goes. Just be careful. I do not condone personally, nor we here at Kayfabe Council condone gambling, but. Watch it for what you will, and let's see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. And everybody just enjoys singing Cody's theme tune after he wins. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa! Alright, so those were our thoughts on the build to all the WrestleMania matchups and what we think is going to happen. 
and all the feels that we feel like it's going to be for a long and interesting series of nights and just some good matchups we're looking forward to. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts are on WrestleMania and the build and the matches themselves. And tell us what you're looking forward to the most for either night one or night two of WrestleMania. All right, coming up to the aforementioned big announcement, like we said we would share with you earlier in the episode. Guess who's back? Back again. Kayfabe Council's back, telling friends. That's right. We are coming back with another live stream. We're going to sim some matches for WrestleMania in WWE 2K23. This one is going to be happening this coming Wednesday, March 29th. It'll happen at 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. So come join us. It's going to be super informal. We're just going to be simming some matches, just having fun, kind of watching, just chatting with you folks. And uh, we hope that you would join us to have some bollocks and watch some crack in WW2K23. Joker, which, uh, which match are you going to look forward to to see whatever bollocks is going to happen in this video game? Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. We're going to have to sim that match. Naturally. I might even want us to sim that match several times until I get the result that I want. So, <laughs> 100% we're doing that singular match, possibly for a while. Makes it completely sense. So, hopefully you folks can, like we said, we're going to revisit that. We're going to be playing in 2K23. Join us on, like I said, this coming Wednesday, March 29, 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. We hope to see you there. All right, that about wraps it up for us. A little bit of a long one, Joker. Ultimately, are you looking forward to WrestleMania? Yeah, I always am. Um... Uh, whenever it comes to mania, like the season grips me, and it's like, oh, just, there could be some cool stuff going on. Like last year, whenever you know there was that real big secret that Seth Rollins is going to fight somebody, and nobody knew who it was, even though for months we all knew who it was going to be. And I was like, still surprised when it was when the uh, the Cody Vader made its WrestleMania debut and wrestling you know had more than one royal family played and i was just like oh my goodness it's happening and it was just like this here on the screen just shaking shaking my fists and being really really excited uh, i was back to being a kid again so it, it's what mania is for for me like uh, i get to be a kid again for a weekend and um and then whenever i'm disappointed i get to be a grumpy old man so yeah, i've got the best of both worlds Took it right out of my brain. Best of both worlds. I'm going to keep, obviously, like myself, I'm excited for the big show. They try to put out all the stops. Was and, Paul White coming back? Oh, well, well, thanks to be seen. <laughs> but it's a nice thing in the wrestling community, like we mentioned, that folks really rally around WrestleMania, obviously, with the WWE and a lot of companies and fans just will put on independent shows in and around the Los Angeles area where the WrestleMania is taking place and kind of just make a big weekend of it and a big week for so. So there's a lot of wrestling to consume. 
It's going to be a lot to take in. Pace yourselves. Make sure you get some rest. Drink some water. Make sure you're uh, taking care of yourself as well. I'll leave it one kind of last final thought. I want to keep my expectations kind of tempered, but for Mr. Cody Rhodes, I want to see, and we joked about it in our Discord chat earlier, I want to see a big entrance. I want to see Cody Vader. I want to see him take nods from Apollo Creed and Rocky Three and do the whole rigmarole, you know. I want to see big, grandiose American flags, America, oh yeah. I want to see a Jeff and bald eagle, okay, during his entrance. I just, that's the only thing I want out of WrestleMania. I want to come with this new tattoo where it's just the bald eagle on his chest, the American flag on his back. Like, that's it. Just that. Is that, is that a puppet, the guy who hasn't seen Rocky Three yet? Ooh, perhaps. He wouldn't get that reference, but hopefully... He wouldn't get that reference. He hasn't hopefully seen that. said person would enjoy it nonetheless. Hmm, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that's the, like I said, I'll keep my expectations tempered, but I just, I want a big America entrance from Cody. Yeah, I think that would, uh, that would appease me as well, actually. All right, fair enough. So with that, or TF Joker. Uh, I've seen Rocky Three. Ooh, hopefully many of you folks have as well. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time and letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.